Hello and welcome to Holsh Fidelity episode 6. Tonight we're going with a, a bit of a brand new genre in, the, in our group selection. One I'm really excited about and that group is Beach House. Now Beach House is a, a dream pop duo that has carved an indelible niche in the realm of indie music with their mesmerising soundscapes and evocative lyricism. Formed in Baltimore, Maryland in 2004, the duo comprises Victoria Legrand and Alex Scally, whose artistic synergy has birthed a distinctive musical identity. Their music is characterised by its ethereal and immersive quality, blending elements of dream pop, shoegaze and indie rock into a hypnotic sonic tapestry. Beach House's hallmark lies in the seamless interplay between Legrand's hauntingly evocative vocals, which possess an enigmatic allure, and Scully's intricate atmospheric instrumentation. Their landscapes they create have a sense of nostalgia and introspection, transporting listeners to an emotive realm where dreams and reality intertwine. Across their discography, Beach House has delivered a series of critically acclaimed albums, each a testament to their evolution and unwavering commitment to artistic integrity. Their breakout album, Teen Dream, in 2010 marked a turning point in their career, garnering widespread acclaim for its ethereal yet accessible sound. Subsequent releases such as Bloom, Depression Cherry and Seven further solidified their reputation for crafting lush atmospheric compositions. And tonight, I'm so pumped that we've got this man back on here. He's been requested by the many, many fans of Holsh Fidelity to, to come back on the show after the Weezer episode. So, Chippy, how are we going, mate? I am well, thanks, Holsh. And it's, look, it's just nice to be asked to come back to something. I'm normally asked to leave places and never come back, so... To have someone actually ask to come back is a is a nice little uh, wrinkle, something a bit different. I'm uh, very excited to talk about one of my all-time favourite artists. Your first one, Weezer. Now, I always thought Weezer was your, your all-time, but how does Beach House compare? I would say that the Blue album, Weezer album Blue, is probably my favourite all-time album, both in terms of how many times I've listened to something and how much it means to me. Right. As far as a, a group... Beach House, even though they've only been around the last in my life for the last, I'd say, twelve-ish years, probably mean more to me than any other group. And I have a deep love for their music. They've helped me through some really, really shitty times, and that sounds pretty corny, but true. And yeah, I, I, I stumbled across Beach House pretty late, which really that's much to the disgust of my hipster mentality. I um I I don't like coming into things late. I like to get in on the ground floor, um, yeah. and that is a bit of a hipster ego thing with me. So when you say late, is that post Teen Dream, or are you talking about weren't there when the original two albums dropped? No, so I wasn't too late. I'm probably being a little bit too tough on myself. I I, I complete their debut album, the self title, completely passed me by in 2006, I believe it came out. Completely passed me by. And I discovered Beach House almost by by accident in the 2000s. And from mid-2000s to late 2000s, I was a, a DJ. And I was DJing at uh, pubs and clubs. And I was basically DJing indie rock and indie dance tracks and remixes, right? So it was in the prime, what they what they were calling at the time, blog house era. So I would, I would scroll and trawl through 
all these different blogs from all around the world and find remixes and, and, and brand new tracks from like Klaxons and Friendly Fires, The Rapture, Simeon Mobile Disco, those, those kind of artists, right? And upon going through those blogs at the time, I, I saw in, I think it was two, it must have been 2008 with the release of Devotion, Beach House's second album. Yep. I saw a few of their MP3s and a few articles getting around about Beach House. So I downloaded those songs. And whilst they weren't what I was looking for at the time as far as bangers for playing at a nightclub, they just the songs just stuck with me straight away. And I was just instantly a fan. So, yeah, I, I wish I could claim to be a, uh, a day oneer and was there since the, the debut album, but I wasn't. I did come in late, a few years late. But ever since then, I've, I've just been obsessed with them. Yeah, I, I think if you came in around that devotion period and you looked at the overall fan base of Beach House now, you're probably still in that 1%, you know, because yeah. they've, obviously they've grown a lot since. So, I mean, okay, yeah, you might have missed the uh, the debut, went through under the radar, but I still think you're, you're reasonably uh, on the ball there. But, Thanks, mate. Makes me feel a bit better about myself. I yeah. uh, appreciate that. That's what we're here for, mate. So <laughs> the, the, the music itself... Now, yep. I found when I went in to listen to Beach House and, and do my project of, of trying to compile my top five, they are a band where each song is super distinctively different. They have, no. they have had a lot of evolution, but it's all been, to me, this is just for me, you can put me in my place here, but it's, it's a subtle evolution. They've obviously moved in, in the right direction. When you fell into the, they fell into your lap, I guess. What yep. really grabbed you? What was it about their music? Well, initially, mate, it was I was infatuated with the sound because it has obviously this real melancholy and I, I kind of describe it as a, a cosmic sound, right? It's the kind of stuff that you shut your eyes, have it on your headphones, it feels like you're floating through space. Obviously, it's it's referred to as dream pop, but there's, there's so much going on there. And look, their early albums were very organic sounding. And by that I mean it was traditional instrumentation. They were as indebted back then to artists like the, I'm just guessing here, but I'm pretty sure they would have name dropped them over the years. Like the Velvet Underground came to mind, Cocteau Twins, Kate Bush. There was that combination of, of that organic sound. But where they have evolved is their their soundscapes and their atmosphere has evolved in that they've incorporated more electronic aspects as they've gone on. I also kind of liken them to... Their sound is a really full layered experience. So it's very much headphone music for me. You can listen to it in the car, you can listen to it wherever you like, but to get a full appreciation of these guys, you need that wrapped around your head. And they are they, they owe a lot to the you know the sixties psychedelic era, the the Phil Spector production style, even though Phil Spector was a wife murdering asshole. Um, <laughs> he he really pioneered that what they call I think it was the wall of sound was what he pioneered, where it was just layers upon layers of of instruments and it was just uh, like a pulsating style of music. And I guess they've com combined that beach house. I'm, I'm talking about they've combined that with like Beach Boys type melodies, and also obviously there's shoegaze elements to it as well. There's a lot of distortion. There's a lot of reverb feedback in it as well, but it doesn't overtake the melodies as well. But you're right; they they do have a lot of similarities from song to song as far as atmosphere. But they have definitely, if you listen to the discography, their catalogue, like you have, you can just see 
the progression going through. Absolutely. The Cocteau twins comparisons is what came to me as I listened to them. They also get a few comparisons to Julie Cruz, who sung the Twin Peaks song, is it? 100%. What's funny about that whole she's I'm a massive David Lynch fan who obviously created Twin Peaks and he is a massive weirdo and (laughs) a very acquired taste when it comes to film. And he recently or when I say recently, I think it was twenty seventeen, there was Twin Peaks the Return. So he he did another I think it was a twelve or fourteen part series of Twin Peaks to to round out the series that began in the nineties. It was like a thirty year wait. But what was funny was I always thought that Beach House would be heavily involved in that. And I, th- I believe it was Chromatics, a- another Dream Pop band that's very similar to Beach House, got a run there. But when you say Julie Cruz, that, that is another absolute definite influence as far as I'm concerned, massively. And yeah. it just has that dreamlike cosmic vibe to it. I listened to an interview yesterday with Alex and Victoria from the band and they mentioned Velvet Underground that that you brought up then and they Alex said that when he was younger, a teenager, just starting the band, etc, he was heavily heavily listened to Bob Marley and Stevie oh, Wonder. Wow. Okay. He, yeah. Stevie Wonder in That's... particular, his three self-produced albums and for Victoria, she stated Hole and Nirvana were probably the, her two favourite artists leading into Incredible. the... Incredible. Okay, so that, that kind of says to me, two holes, that the melody side of things obviously is driven by Alex and the darkness and the uh, other elements that come through are driven by Victoria by the sounds of those. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised at the Bob Marley name drop. That That is surprising. I, I guess I can see some soul in there as well, so the Stevie Wonder thing doesn't surprise me too much. But, yeah, okay, that's, that's really interesting. I was unaware of that. The only other thing I was just going to mention there with that interview was they did mention that when they were naming themselves, they had three or four names, and then they ran with Beach House because that – was what it felt like to them. They were in a beach house, which makes complete sense. I don't think there's any super extravagant story behind it, but since they mentioned it, I thought I'd just let that drop on the show. It, it Well, it makes a ton of sense. It, if, um, if any band sounds exactly like its name, it's Beach House, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I reckon it's just, you know, incredibly moody type of music. Yeah, it's a, it's a very appropriate name. They did well with that. Well, with my just a sort of full disclosure for how I went about it. Now, prior to this, I knew you loved this band so much, but I really had only heavily listened to Teen Dream. And I knew and had played Bloom and Depression Cherry a number of times, but nothing to the extent of Teen Dream. I played Teen Dream. I, I would say it would be in my top 20 most played LPs of all time. So, I remember you loving. I remember you saying years ago when we were talking about music heavily that it was something that you just adored and you listened to all the time. Yeah, and it, and it's really hard when you you're pulling together these lists and and obviously something so ingrained in your life for you know fifteen years or thirteen years, whatever it's been since it's been released, and then 
to compare those songs that you've heard a thousand times to the newer stuff or even some of the the lesser known tracks on Bloom and Depression Cherry and then you've got to compare them you know you're facing them off almost in a gladiator ring and I really took the time to play all those albums over and over and over over the last couple of weeks to give them every chance of, of winning a spot and it's the type of band that that let's say five hours or ten hours into that exercise I was you know there was a few that might have put their hands up and all the rest of it but 30 hours in I'm in love with you know 80 percent of their catalog then and I think for a lot of listeners out there, when you do go to try Beach House, if, if you haven't listened to them before, I think you really need to give them multiple spins because they might not be... It's, it's, it's like Chippy said, you need to have your headphones. They're an they're a oral space type experience, I guess, in your headphones more than just a, a background elevator <laughs> style play with the radio in the background. But 100%. Yeah, 100%. They are the type of um, – and I'm really hoping with this episode too, Holsh, that I've got friends and obviously people that I don't know that are listening and tuning in that haven't listened or invested in Beach House that give them a, a shot. And it is so rewarding listening listening to these guys and letting a lot of these tracks just reveal themselves. There are songs that are in my top five that I didn't really pay a lot of mind to initially that have now gone to the point of me claiming they're some of the best songs i've ever heard in my life through any artist or any any genre they are just a complex listen but but so rewarding the other thing i'd like to say too for people who are new to beach house is and this is going to sound weird and it's going to sound like a slight diss against beach house but i i assure you it's not there are some live concerts available to watch of theirs on on youtube and i sincerely and aggressively (laughs) um recommend people watch those they are just an absolute feast for the senses so i this is gonna sound weird they've got a live concert they had i think in 2017 at at the pitchfork music festival that i watch in bed some nights where i'm struggling to fall asleep now it sounds like (laughs) something sending me to sleep that i'm dissing it and saying it's shit it could not be further from the truth it is such a wonderful visual and, and audio experience that it just lulls you off to such a, a blissful place. Yeah, definitely people should not only listen and, and and seek out some Beach House, but check them out. Their live performances on YouTube are incredible. Like um, Victoria just basically doesn't do a whole lot. She stands there in the shadows on her keyboard with a guitar wrapped around her. But the light show and just the the presence that she and Alex has is just incredible. They are I haven't seen them live, Holsh, but they are my they are high, probably the top of my bucket list to go and see. Well, when they come next, we will lock in a ticket, and I will say that I am lucky enough to have seen them. And oh, wow! And nice. this this was I'm extremely jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 2010 or 2011 at Laneway Festival, and I can vouch for exactly what you're saying. You wouldn't think when you hear their music how powerful their live experience is. They were the highlight of my day, and this Laneway lineup had the Antlers, Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti, Cut Copy, Deer Hunter, Foles. Lay Savvy Fav, Local Natives, Yay Sayer, Menomina, Two Door Cinema Club, and Violent Soho. That's a stacked roster. Yeah. That is a 
stacked festival, man. And if you're saying that they were the the highlight, that's just saying something. Mm. They, yeah. they, 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 they were they, amazing. They, yeah. And, you know, Excellent. two figures on, on the stage at this point in time and the sound that resonated through everyone – you know, I just walked away going, "Wow, who who could have thought that this this girl and guy could create that?" Yeah, oh. there's that wall of sound. You know, it's that it's that massive wall of sound that that is indebted to uh, shoegaze and obviously has 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 moulded into dream pop. I think we should say straight up the, our top fives. We haven't told each other again. Now, all, every episode that we've had so far of Holsh Fidelity, everyone has known in the closing stages what each other had picked. So. They had some idea what to talk about. But for Weezer and now Beach House, Chippy and I have both withheld our selections. And and I have to say, I'm so damn excited to see what Chippy's got. And whether we've got any that's the same or not, it's it's been going through my head all day, to be honest. So how are you feeling? I'm excited. I'm really excited and nervous too. So what, what I find funny about this whole shit is that I'm such a, a beach house nerd and completist. Like I just love everything they've done. But then I look at my five and I think to myself, it seems a little bit normy. There's a couple of wild cards in there, I guess. But there are going to be probably three tracks in there that you're going to go, yeah, of course. But again, it's one of those cases, I guess, of sometimes, <laughs> not all the time, but sometimes the popular song is the right song. And if I'm being honest with myself, they are. In saying that, though, and like you said, Beach House aren't what you would call a mainstream act, so there aren't really any popular songs mm-hmm. per se. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. I will start since you are the the Beach House specialist. Of are such. we going to do some honourable mentions first? Oh we, yes, uh, of course. You you go that? for your honourable mentions. I have it. Is that okay? Yeah, mine will sort of just tie in with my first selection because of how tough okay. it was. But you you roll out your honourable mentions first, mate. Oh, well, I've got three. All right, so I just want, I'll, I'll just zoom through them. The first of my honourable mentions, which was a, a tough cut, is uh, the song called Myth. was the uh, album album opener on Bloom from uh, 2012. Yep. Uh, I would have to say that Bloom would be my favourite long player from from uh, these guys. Uh, Myth is just a perfect opener too. It, like it kind of gently unfolds and then just swells to like a, a really beautiful like conclusion. Mm. So Myth is one of the really hard cuts. The second one was a song called Space Song from Depression Cherry in 2015.
love this track and it probably would have made my five if it wasn't ruined by TikTok. <laughs> oh, really? Um, What's the story yeah, there? So, well, if you've ever doom scrolled through TikTok, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack a little bit. Hulsh. I once swore that I would never join TikTok and then eventually I kind of got bullied into it by my, my wife and friends because they kept sending me links <laughs> to all these funny TikToks. So I'm like, fuck it, all right, I'm joining TikTok. But what I've noticed is there's been this like trend, like a TikTok generally, there's a lot of people that latch onto certain songs and they become viral on TikTok. And Space Song by Beach House has become one of those viral songs. And it's usually used by cringy influencers that are trying to be profound in their videos. Uh. So they're somewhere like at a nice beach setting and, and they're like gazing off in the sunset. You'll hear fucking Space Song in the background. <laughs> Uh, it look it irritates me no end, and, but despite despite that, it's a it's an incredible track. And I'm probably judging it too harshly on on things that it can't control. But so yeah, myth space song. Before, before you go on to before you go on to your third, those yeah. two songs are probably the two most popular tracks. Yeah, I, they would be. They so, would be. It's definitely space song. Myth two, I guess. It was huge when Bloom came out. I feel like amongst a few Beach House fans, it's kind of now gone back a little bit in the pack. It's a very accessible song, Myth. It is. It is. And it's probably the song that if I were to give a non-Beach House listener or somebody who had never encountered them before, that's probably the one I'd get them to kick off on, to be be completely honest. I agree completely. Um, yeah, so there's those two, and again, this is where it comes into like sometimes the popular choices are just the sometimes the right choices. I just think they're both incredible mm. tracks. And the other song, I really wanted to include something from their um, self-titled debut, and, and the song "Master of None" was a really good example of their, especially their, like I've said it before, their organic beginning. So this is like when they were using very stripped back and traditional instrumentation before they started. They were still an atmospheric sounding band, but it was before they started to experiment with a lot of electronic influences. So they were my three that were, were tough cuts, Myth, Space Song, and Master of None. Yep. I loved all three of those. So we'll <laughs> see if any of them land in my five. <laughs> no worries, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear your five. All right. Let's let's roll into the, the big deal. And I guess my first comment will bring me into play my honourable mention. So as I mentioned earlier, Teen Dream played it a squillion times and – I had decided, even after all the, the play I've had, that I'm going to put one of my, my favourite Teen Dream songs in there at number five. And the problem was I equally love so many songs on that album. And to cut, the ones that I, I cut are Silver Soul, Walk in the Park, Norway and Ten Mile Stereo. And it killed me. It, like, it literally, I, I think all of those songs 
were in the five at some point and they just kept jiggling in and out because I'd listen to another track Yep. and yep. I'd go, no, 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 I love how that's got that bridge in it or that outro and, yeah, no, that one should be back in. And But number five. The song that I have selected for number five is Used To Be from Teen Dream. So nice. this, this is probably the record's most upbeat song, I, I would say. Would you agree with that? I would agree 100%, for sure. Yeah. One of the cool things about this song I found is it starts with this drum machine that's keeping the pace, but the, it, it speeds up. And and it's the tempo is is all determined by by the drums and and then, you know, Alex's vocals echoing behind Victoria on some of the verses, and it's got this amazing fade out at the end where it's just a really beautiful end. But to me, it's 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 another one of those songs. It's, yes, it's it's quite accessible, but it, it builds to this quiet crescendo of noise, and then the the vocals from Victoria are really. I know, mesmerizing and almost heartbreaking, even as happy as the song sounds. favorite part of the song is i don't know if you call it the bridge but it's sort of the bridge into the outro where she sings coming home any day now I think with a lot of these these beach house songs, they have those moments where Victoria can, she sort of just changes the way that she delivers her vocals. Yeah, absolutely. That song has a real urgency to it that a lot of beach house songs don't have. Whereas, you know, a lot of beach house songs, have, they, they build to a crescendo, but they are very much a meandering song. And like you said, with that drum machine kind of influence to it, 
it, it kind of builds an urgency to it. It is a fantastic choice for a top five. I adore that track. It didn't make my top five, but it, I had a, a, a short list of about 15. It was in that. On that album, like you said, top to bottom, anything could be could be chosen in a legitimate five. I was the same as you, Hulsh. So my number five comes from Team, Team Dream, and it was really hard to cut a few of these other ones out. I didn't purposely go into this and think I'm going to just give each album its shine and, and do a track from an, a different album. But as it turned out, every single one of my songs are from different albums. But my number five is 10 Mile Stereo from <laughs> Teen Dream. That was the one that was in my five for the longest and it only got pips. I've, it's so funny, dude, because I could have, I would have put a lot of money down that this would have been in your five. And yeah. I know that even though I missed out, it would have been probably the last cut. It just opens with that beautiful, like, meandering guitar and just expands from there. And I know how much you love a song that builds. Yeah. <laughs> and this just builds and builds and builds. And there's just layers upon layers. And for a, for a, a band that's basically essentially a two-piece with, you know, a few session musicians that come on, on live tours with them, yeah. it's incredible the sound that they can put out. About a minute and a half in when that keyboard element really kicks in, mm. it just gives it another layer. Again, like we were saying before about Myth being a, a really good intro song to people who are just discovering Beach House. This is another one that I would probably throw into that mix. It's just a song that I just love to float along with with my uh, with my headphones. This makes me so happy that you've selected it because now it gets to go on the whole Fidelity official playlist and it doesn't miss <laughs> out. So that means Absolutely. when people are you know just playing that that playlist, they'll they'll be exposed to it, which yeah, that makes me so happy. Brilliant. Well, we've got uh, we've got two Teen Dream songs straight up, and I know that that's your album, so we're uh, we're on off to a good start. <laughs> yes. Well, well, we'll see how. I'm starting to wonder if. Yeah, I don't know. You've sort of you've put me out a bit because I thought Myth was a certainty in your five. I, I just I remember back in the day that you you really did give Myth a, a lot of kudos. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So no, I was just I, like, I was just thinking, cool. myth will be number one <laughs> for for Chip, yeah. but no. <laughs> so now I just I don't know what you're coming at me with. But okay, well we'll roll into curveballs. I've got to keep on your toes. <laughs> it makes for good radio, mate. So I'm told. Yeah, I'm getting keener by the second. Number four. So my number four is off their latest album, Once Twice Melody, which came out last year in 2022 now this is a song oh i'm in i'm intrigued man this uh, is okay i didn't expect this well yep. I, it really grabbed me right from the first listen and 
It's probably, I guess, the when you say the normie, it's probably the normie pick on this album, but I love it, and it's called Superstar. Oh, great track, man. So oh, it's, great it, it's, track. As far as Beach House is concerned, it's a bit of a longer track. I think it goes for a bit over six minutes. But one of the, one of the things that I've really loved over the last, well, ever since I sort of stumbled on LCD Sound System back, back in 2007 or whenever it was, Hypnotic Repetition. This song, mm-hmm. this song has it, and whilst Victoria's voice isn't super melodic for the most part, She has mm-hmm. these moments where she puts a little bit more focus and, and a little bit she, she'll hit some, some lines that give me goosebumps. You know, when she sings, it may be out of sight but never out of mind. But it's got that repetition and it's got this insane outro and the whole song has this genuine pulse to it. And I just think it's a, it's a truly beautiful track. And it's another song that builds magically and, and subtly adds those layers in, similar to... An LCD sound system, all my friends, which I'm yep. going to use as an example my entire <laughs> Holsch Fidelity yeah. life. Yeah, the, the outro... And then like you said, it's simplistic, but it just builds upon itself where and to the point where the simplicity becomes complex towards the end. Just before we move on to your forwards, just that outro at a, about 4 minutes 21, Victoria sings, When You Were Mine, and it goes into this ethereal state of it's, it's like a minor strip back. And then fuzz comes in and then it all comes back with all the layers at once, full strength. And I think that part is just absolutely stunning. an overwhelming um, outro on that song and it's I'm really excited that and, and really happy to see a, a really recent track make the five and like you said it's probably the most well known I don't think they released it as a single but I think it was actually the first track 
that hit the internet before the release of the album. It basically got traction first, but my personal choice from the album would be that as well. Yeah, it, it's an it's an overwhelming listen. And the, and the funny thing with Beach House is they can either do an, a, a great fade-out conclusion to a track or they can just abruptly end a fucking song whenever they like. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that. It'll be like a really nice melancholy kind of fade-out or the song will just stop. Abruptly. <laughs> yeah. It's a quite a departure from the sound of Teen Dream, that's that's for sure. But that just goes to show their progression as well. All right. Well, you're four, mate. Pretty uh, pretty excited to announce my number four. <laughs> and number four comes from the album Seven from 2018, and it's the track Lemon Glow. Talk so Lemon Glow it. is a... It's a real fucking weirdo song, this one. So as far as I'm concerned, I think it's been... I know I haven't read up on it. I haven't researched it. But as far as I'm concerned, it has to be directly influenced by artists... Well, basically by The Knife or Fever Ray. It has this real sinister vibe to it. And whilst Beach House, you know, often dive into dark, atmospheric kind of soundscapes, this one has like this, like a churning electronic rhythm that starts and it doesn't really let up the entire song. Max, like a lot, of, a lot of their other tracks, but it just continues on in this kind of churning rhythm. I just really enjoy listening to this track. It, it's it's quite dark, and Victoria's vocals don't really soar. She's like you know just basically a little bit monotone through the whole thing. But that just again adds another aspect to it. So yeah, Lemon Glow from Seven in 2018. This was a this was an album where I kind of overlooked temporarily. I listened to it. Didn't come back to it for a while, but Lemon Glow has just grown in stature for me. Love it. Love how dark it is. I like to wallow. Sometimes misery likes company, you know. <laughs> and I, and when I'm dwelling on the the state of my life and and what's going on in the world, I like to listen. I find solace in in melancholy music, which sounds really weird. I actually feel better when I'm in a bit of a depressive state to listen to things that are slightly depressive and melancholy it makes me feel better <laughs> so yeah this is one i put on all the time
little beach house niche groups and that they they really adored this song. Yeah, I did see it over the years on forums and stuff like that that were ter- talking about Beach House and, and this particular release from 2018. And but it was also kind of a bit divisive as well. So that, a lot of Beach House fans rate it really highly, but it was also kind of a, a few. There's there's like a, a portion of Beach, beach House um, fandom that didn't really like it as much as well. But no, it it, it really works for me. Number three, three for Hulsh. We're going Teen Dream again, and Ooh. so 2010, and this is the opener, Zebra. Now, this song was my favourite forever for Beach House, yeah. at the, up, up until two weeks ago. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I vaguely remember us sharing lists from year to year, and I remember your 2010 list had this very high. Yeah, and I mean, I still love it so much, and... If I hadn't have really sat down when I had the shortlist and some of these songs, put them in really good headphones, that's what's made, and I think it'll it'll make more sense when you hear my number one and two because they're very much headphone tracks as well. In, in fact, one of them is renowned for not being very good live. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if that gives a hint. But anyway, yeah. Zebra still resonates with me a lot and it's right from the beginning when it opens up into those ahs Got, it, it has got quite an uplifting chorus, it, just the yeah. sound-wise. It's very uplifting. I, I think it's another very accessible track of theirs. It, it also yeah. It's a song that drifts a lot, but it also feels like it races at the same time. I don't know how Beach House can do it, but yeah. but this song has that feeling where it's sort of, it is pushing along, but at the same time it's sort of going side to side. It's yeah. I think it's an amazing song in that way, and... It has these subtle shifts as, as the song goes on where it's sort of this tiny little uplift each time. The first one that I, I like, as you listen to it, it's, it's sort of just, just really pretty. And then just before when they, she says, any way to run for the first time in the chorus, it goes up a little tiny notch. And then after the chorus is finished, the percussion just lifts a little bit, kicks in a little bit harder and, and it lifts again. Oh. And 
as we said before, a builder for me is is always going to put its hand up for a place in one of my fives. And I just you felt like... Build. Yeah, I love a build. I love a build. <laughs> Before we move on to your three, I just also want to say with Zebra, something else that actually does bring it even closer for me is how I perceive the wording of it. And I, I won't break down the lyrics to the nth degree or anything, but essentially the way I see it is the Zebra, you know, they, they talk about the black and white horse arching among us. And, and I think the Zebra, so horses are the people, and then the zebra is this person that doesn't quite fit with society. So, you know, it's someone that you really love, but they're, you know, they're really unique and incredibly talented in their own special way, but they, they find it really hard to fit in with the people, but they're trying to fit in with the world. They're trying to be domesticated and it's not easy. So, you know, they're trying to hide amongst the horses. So he's this black and white horse that's that's hiding in the the population. And one of the lines that she says any way you run you run before us because you know this person is ahead of their time but they're just not quite the same type person and there's someone in my life that I love dearly and not in an intimate way or anything and and I just I just can see that you know he may go down that track where he's going to be a zebra and he might have to take some different paths and and all the rest of it but you know he will go come out the other side in a remarkable way and who knows which direction that is but for that when i hear this song it always reminds me of of, of him so yeah that's awesome yeah that, that they're, they're a group that can do that they they evoke so much emotion from me and i don't want to give away my number one but and i'll touch on that but that some of the real personal emotion that beach house can bring out of me is quite actually quite visceral there's been many a time i've listened to a beach house song in the car and just started bawling my eyes out so yeah. <laughs> but i'll uh, i'll get to that on uh in the next couple of songs i guess all right so number three is the in, in a roundabout way now it's the first track i ever heard of, of beach house and this hasn't always been in my top five but in in going through their catalog the last you know number of years it's it's it just keeps growing and growing even though it's now quite different from their current output i guess and it's ela or spelled g-i-l-a but i think it's pronounced ela from devotion in uh, 2008 now this was the first song that i'd ever heard from beach house this is one of the ones i downloaded from those blogs back in <laughs> i think 2008 when i was looking for the next banger to play at the nightclub despite it being completely different to what i was looking for at the time i was instantly drawn to this song and i think it's because it begins with what kind of i would describe as like it sounds like a whiskey and and piss soaked blues bar yeah, <laughs> you wow. can imagine this like nice dive like really dingy dive bar it's got this real bluesy guitar opening kind of just opens up eventually to this gentle melody thanks to Victoria's vocal. And it's a real kind of gentle vocal of hers. She can be quite menacing in her delivery, as as you've 
pointed out before too, like it, it's a a voice that that can evoke many different emotions, but she can be really quite menacing with with her delivery sometimes. This is a really gentle vocal performance from her. chorus is really simplistic so it's just a series of oh 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 it just says that over and over again but it's just really really soothing Again, it's like I keep saying, it's that initial kind of stripped back instrumentation. And it just sounds also, there seems to be like a church kind of organ going through the background of this. Yeah, and this is just, you could see where they were going to go post this as far as keyboards are concerned. Right. I think they were using the, the organ in this as a a bit of a proto version of what they were going to hit with with keyboards later on. But yeah, this is just a incredible track. Yeah, Ila or Gila, oh, if no, you want to no. say it with the, with the G. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just an incredible track. And look, it, it it just grabbed me from the first time I heard it. I kind of then put on the back burner for many years, but I, I, yeah, I cannot deny how good this song is. You've got a fair array of different styles already. Yeah, so Lemon oh, Glow Lemon and Ila could n- not be any... They, they are so different they are just polar opposites in songs yeah and i didn't even do that on purpose either whole shit it was just i was going through and 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 going no this is you know i try to be as honest as possible but uh, yeah looking at it now i'm like yeah especially back to back like my fourth favorite song and third favorite couldn't be any more different in in kind of style i guess number two so number two from depression cherry 2015 the song is called Sparks. Okay. Love it. Love it. I was, <laughs> this was in my uh, final 10. Okay. Okay. So this is another unique for the two. That's good. That's good. So the reason I love this song is pretty simple. It's mesmerizing. I find it's a song that is so easy to get lost in. And, and when I mentioned earlier about how there was one of my two picks that is apparently not great live. It's this one. I hadn't I hadn't heard that before. That 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 this doesn't translate well live. I I, I had no no idea about that. Yeah. So well, that that's a lot of fans that had seen both, and they're like, love the song. It's and it is like it is purely need to have the headphones to appreciate yep. this song. It's 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 a it's almost like a beautiful chaos to it. It it starts with this vocal loop right at the beginning, and it it's it was. A little bit of a little snippet of Victoria's voice. It was accidentally captured at the band's sound check in Bristol over in England. And Victoria and Alex were so fascinated by the sound of this loop that they held their phones up and recorded the loop. And then they've used it right through this song. It sort of varies in, in volume up and down. And 
I've listened to it so many times now and, and I still can't really make out what it says. They have not said on record what it says. I don't even know if they know, but everyone out there is like on this mission to find out what this little loop says. But it sounds to me like out of the people's suggestion, it, it sounds like the sun gets you high. The, I think uh, there's a, a Reddit forum completely dedicated to that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, you know, when when people when bands get cult status like that, and then something as mysterious of that is is used in such a powerful way, of course, it's going to get this Sherlock Holmes sort of tracking them down. But the, the, my yeah. favorite part of the song in this instance is the guitar, and this loop is broken by this ripping shoegazy like guitar which uh, it's almost sounds like a ray of euphoria through me every time I hear it. And it's, yeah. it's a bit of a different musical style once again from a traditional Beach House track. And I, I think it's fair to say this song would be one of the songs that's probably leaning a lot closer to being a shoegaze song, would you say? So the two albums they released that year, and I'm, oh, I won't give away what I'm going to say, but <laughs> um, Depression Cherry and Thank You Lucky Stars, which were both released in 2015, yeah, both tend to have a lot more direct shoegaze influences in them than they then prior releases right it was a lot of like you, you're not typical dream pop but yeah definitely a lot more distortion heavy reverb heavy on the on the guitar and okay. a lot of effects on the guitar so you know absolutely 100 percent right with that as far as i'm concerned yeah and i found that a lot on a, a few other tracks on depression cherry and on thank you lucky stars so something was in the water in 2015 they were really on on their shoegaze shit <laughs> <laughs> oh that's my yeah. number two mate and and i will Thanks say great choice that that song was low on my list it wasn't even in my like top 10 when i had the short list sort of thing and and i, I it was another time where i had the head like a lot of the times I, I was i was playing it while i was working and i just had my speaker going but it was one instance where i had the headphones on it came on i'm like man this is this just is encapsulating me like completely and and I'm, I'll just pop it up a few more. I think I put it as a contender now and, and it eventually moved up to number two. So No, I completely agree. It's a grower, not a shower. So I I bypassed that track and a few other tracks on Depression Cherry as well, if I'm being honest, but they all grew on me. And that album probably, even though again spoiler none of the tracks from depression cherry made my top five i would rate depression cherry as my second favorite beach house lp just on strength from start to finish and also on how much they the songs themselves have evolved for me so a lot of them i overlooked at the time but that that is a really solid album so now i can understand why that went from a zero to a hero for you mate Yeah, take it from the moon. 
number two is from Thank Your Lucky Stars from uh, 2015, the other Beach House album from that year. And the song is called Allergy to the Void. Now, allergy is not a hay fever, but as in a, <laughs> a poem or prose to the void. Allergy to the void. I'm going to absolutely destroy my hipster credentials here again. I... Um, <laughs> When I saw Thank Your Lucky Stars come out, I assumed that it was probably an album of B-sides because Depression Cherry came out a few months before that in 2015. Mm. And then all of a sudden they've dropped this second album and I didn't look too deeply into it. I was still trying to really process what I was listening to on Depression Cherry and I just assumed, like a complete fuckwit that I am, that it was just a, an album of B-sides or stuff that they didn't that didn't make the cut of That's Depression That's the first Cherry. thing that comes to my mind too when that sort of... yeah. When, when when that happens, you know, yeah. you, you, when they're so back to back with you know full length albums, you think, well, obviously this is the cast off. So mm. I didn't really get invested into it until probably a full year later. So it was probably 2016. I was like, oh, I, I'll, I'll listen to this, and after assuming it was just an album full of B sides, and I couldn't be more wrong. It's an album proper, and, and it contains some of their best work. And and what I love about Allergy to the Void, and you alluded to it before about Alex's guitar work, this song for my money has the best guitar work from him okay at about the two and a half i think it's about two minutes and i'm rounding to a round figure about the two minute 30 mark there's this guitar riff that kicks in and it just builds and builds and morphs and changes and becomes this massive beast until the end of the song and it just it just takes you on this massive cosmic like journey and now if i were the type of person to you know dabble in <laughs> mind and reality substance um changing substances of which i don't endorse of course mm-hmm. but if i were this would be a great song to listen to about it is it, it contains a lot of the new school style of beach house so it's got atmosphere in it, it's got keyboards it's got ele- electronic influences with that organic guitar instrumentation and it's just a yeah it's an incredible journey it's the type of song i've said to someone before that 
really liked this song that I, I played it for them. And I'm like, that's in, that was incredible. How would you describe that song? I'm like, well, if we were to make contact with alien species <laughs> or someone from outer space, I'd love to hand over this song and just get and see what they thought. Yeah, it's just an incredible atmosphere to this song. So, and it's kind of a song that's been again kind of hidden because of that release of that album. I feel like that album because of it backing up another album so quickly was kind of brushed aside a bit but yeah allergy to the void just a mind-blowing track when people describe a song and and talk yourself talk it through especially like the moments and you go they always come out a lot stronger so yeah Yeah, and and it's it's awesome having an avenue like this to talk to another person like that too which is so good and i hope a lot of the listeners find that as well because sometimes you can overlook things and all you just need is that little bit of context or mm. knowledge to, to know what to look for and not even to know what to look for, but just to keep an ear out for something. And then it just makes a world of difference and things just go on from there. But yeah, great song. I could see you really falling in love with that one. Okay. Awesome, mate. Some really intriguing picks. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Okay. Well, this is it, mate. Number one. Now, this song, I love it for absolutely every moment of it. And I, I personally believe this is Beach House's most beautiful track. My number one from Bloom 2012 is Lazuli. Different? We've got a different. We've got a different, oh, different. one. Okay, good. sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> All right. This is such a good song. This is such a great song. So... Lazuli from the very beginning, it's got this like, oh no, it's like a scaling keyboard up and down. It feels like it's almost from like an 80s video game. And, and then bang, in comes one of the most gorgeous ethereal explosions you'll ever hear. Victoria's voice on this is so damn haunting right from the get-go and it's just one of those tracks that it pummels you with its epicness about halfway through the song changes gear around the i don't know two and a half minute mark and after being stripped right back down to its basics layers of sound are gradually added back in so first come the guitar arpeggios then victoria's lead vocals come back and then it's followed by a bass line. And then once the backing vocals come in, that's when you understand just how amazing Lazuli is.
But then when you think like I can't talk this song up anymore, it has this amazing outro duet where one is singing like no other, you can't be replaced, and then Victoria's singing There's Nothing Like Lapis Lazuli. And lapis lazuli, for those out there listening, is a, it's a really rare, beautiful blue stone. I think this song is very Cocteau Twins-like. Absolutely. I just think it's such a beautiful song. And it's funny because when I first heard it, I always liked it. But once again, to you really, with any Beach House song, to do it justice, and that's what I'll do with all your tracks after this, you have to put them on your headphone <laughs> headphones. Yeah. They are the ultimate headphone band and the only way you're going to get full appreciation of their sound and their textures and their atmosphere is, is via headphones for sure. Yeah. Well, that's my number one, mate, Lazuli. That's a beautiful song. And look, Bloom is a perfect album. There isn't a weak track on it. So great choice, incredible choice. And my number one too, obviously, comes from Bloom from 2012. Yep. And it is the song Wishes. So time to get a bit deep and personal here. So Beach House and this song in particular helped me through a really shitty time. As you know, mate, in 2015, our daughter was diagnosed with cancer and it threw our entire lives upside down. Our careers were canned and, and we relocated to the, the children's hospital in Brisbane and we were there for a good part of a year while she was undergoing treatment. And I did not cope well at all and uh, I needed something to escape the day-to-day stresses and obviously I did not and and could not (laughs) um, dive into substances (laughs) like drugs and alcohol Mm. because, you know, you have to be there for your your family and stuff. So instead I I dove headfirst into into my love of film and music and this song uh, along with another song called uh, Mountain At My Gates by Foles became the inspiration song for me to listen to daily. And I find that, and I said it before too, when I'm in a state of like melancholy, music that is melancholy as well actually improves my mood. It's it's, it's a strange phenomenon for me. Like it's, I've said to people before what I like to listen to when I'm feeling a bit down. They're like, but isn't that depressing? I'm like, no, it's, it's I have a, a different reaction. It's almost like someone is relating to me directly and, you know, and I find real, real solace in that. But the thing about Wishes is it's a, it's a, like a melancholy kind of a mood and, and melody to it, yet it's really optimistic. Like lyrically, it's got a, um, a line that says, once in your life, it happens once or maybe twice. I think what what Victoria is like referring to there is maybe love, but also I think it can refer to adversity. And, and you know, sometimes in life there's something that is just massive that happens, but you've just got to get through it. And yeah, it's just, it's an incredible song, and it makes me highly emotional every time I listen to it. Other cool facts about the song too, and we've we've spoken about you know the similarities in style to to things like Twin Peaks and things like that. The film clip to this song is incredible. Have you ever seen it? No, no, mate. 
So it's directed by a guy called Eric Wareheim, and he's one of uh, he's one half of my favourite comedy duo. They're a, they're a comedy duo called Tim and Eric. Now, I would not recommend people to watch Tim and Eric necessarily because they are very, very acquired taste and humour, <laughs> and they they do really deep, dark, unsettling stuff like very very weird okay. and the film clip kind of mirrors that it's a really strange oddness to it it's basically a high school gridiron game halftime performance by this guy coming out singing karaoke and the crowd and cheerleaders are all dancing and, and cheering for this guy in a way that do you remember the black hole sun sound garden film clip yeah where the yep. faces are all exaggerated yeah. and like really manic yes it's like that they're really cheering for this dude to sing karaoke the thing about it is the guy that is singing karaoke is he's played by an actor called Ray Wise and he played Leland Palmer, the father in Twin Peaks. Oh, so wow. it all kind of comes around in one big weird wow. kind of motion. But look, this song is just an incredible track. I, I've probably listened to this. Oh, I listen to it daily for years. I probably still listen to it at least weekly. Yeah, Wishes. It's just incredible. Simultaneously melancholy, but just really uplifting. And like, and you said that before too. That there are a lot of songs that Beach House do, despite that kind of melancholy mood, truly uplifting songs. And this, this for me is, I don't think they've ever topped it, and I don't think they ever will, especially for me. Yeah, and that makes complete sense now that you've explained it. Why it's going to be firmly entrenched as your number one. I really appreciate you sharing that, mate, and. Also, with that video clip, I'll put a link in the description of this podcast if anyone wants to go and, and watch that, because I certainly do. 
Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> you you'll love. You'll get the real sense of oddness instantly. But yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> What a great five. Once again, similar to Weezer, everyone's going to walk away from this with so much to go and try. And I, I think yeah. that even between all ten songs, so ten different tracks there and, you know, real variety. Yeah, and I love the fact that we've managed to, to incorporate yeah, early stuff and then um, latter stuff as well. It's, yeah, it's going to be a good cross-section of their, um, their catalogue for people to dive into. Okay, so started last episode with, with, with John on the, the Gurge episode. I, I started giving each guest three choices for what they might wish to talk about to the, to the fans. So this, this time, now you're, you're a bit more eclectic than, uh, than most of the crew. So three very different choices here. Who would you pick between a tribe called Quest... Sonic Youth or Queens of the Stone Age? All three I absolutely adore. However, let's go something a little bit different and switch it up a bit and do some hip-hop. Let's uh, let's go with Tribe Called Quest. Roger that. I like it. I like it. We needed some hip-hop and I, I think you're the man that's going to be able to give us a little bit of an injection on that from time to time. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up there. And thank you, everyone, for listening yet again. Look for the next episode. Please subscribe and also join our Host Fidelity Facebook group where we send out notifications and also summaries of everyone's top fives. Apart from that, I hope you enjoyed the playlist. Thank you.